way. Has it got it? Yes, it has. Canada creep over the crossbar and a fantastic kick from their number nine, Gordon McCrory. And welcome back to the Canadian Ruck. This is Jamie Gray. And this pod, Canadian Ruck welcomes Gordon McCrory. Gordon had a stellar Canadian career, made his debut uh, debut back in June of 2014 against Japan. He was a member of Rugby Canada's two World Cup squads at 2015 in England, 2019 in Japan. Over 40 caps with Canada, over 280 points with Canada. And right now he's actually over in Italy because he had signed a pro contract and he's just kind of uh, in limbo over there as they've gone back on another lockdown. So, as always, we do a little plug for us here, um, not for us, not for the pod, but for those of our guests, because we want their stories to be heard. Uh, so if you want to, you want to hear from somebody, want some questions asked, reach out to us on Twitter at Canadian Ruck, on Instagram at the underscore Canadian underscore Ruck. On Facebook, we're at the Canadian Ruck, and email is the Canadian Ruck at gmail.com. Uh, these are great platforms, the social media for us to uh, put our, put our content out and also to give you a chance to uh, give your feedback or to take part in some of the contests we have. We, we gave one took away already uh, to Jenna Eisner in Nova Scotia, and we have another one that's going to go here shortly. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, as always, we're on a variety of platforms, the Spotify, the iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox. Make sure you're watching and listening and following and subscribing. We're also on YouTube. Um, but I'm going to ask that you always share. If you if you hear one of the pods you like it, share it. If you see a pod you like it, share it. Just make sure that these great stories from our, our great Canadian nationals, uh, the administration, the coaches, and whoever we have on, make sure those stories are getting shared. And if you want one of your buddies to hear it, uh, direct them to the website, thecanadianrec.weebly.com. All our content is linked off there as well. It might be easier to navigate. Uh, I'll leave that up to you. Rugby news uh, this week. It is uh, is Friday night, October thirtieth, as I record this, and uh, I want to get this out, this pot out tomorrow, but I'm not sure if it'll happen. Uh, but on the international news, there's lots happening. So, lots of matches. Hopefully, your PVR is set, and maybe your DAAZN count is paid and up to date. There's a few big matches going on. The Tri Nations, uh, Blood is Slow number three, New Zealand versus Australia should be a cracker. Right, New Zealand is up at the moment. They've got to draw and a win. Aussies need to win by over 20, by my count, to take back the Blood of Slow for the first time since 2002. So it's been 18 years since uh, the Aussies have won it, and New Zealand's primed to retain. Uh, but we'll see what the Australians can bring into the match tomorrow. Six Nations, there's a, there's a flood of matches this weekend. Wales v. Scotland, Italy v. England, and France v. Ireland. Right now, Ireland is leading with 14 points. And England and France are tied at 13. England should trounce Italy. Uh, if, you're, if you're a betting man or you're a betting woman, <laughs> you definitely take the money on England. So it'll come down to that France-Ireland match to see who wins the Six Nations this year. It could be any of those three teams, but um, France and Ireland, I think, have, a, have the edge depending on, depending on how things play out on the weekend. Scotland and Wales are slugging out for fourth. Big thing out of that match is Alan Wynne-Jones is set to pass Richie McCaw as the most capped player at all. Right now they're tied at 148 test caps, and after this uh, Scotland-Wales match, Wynn Jones will be at 149. Also in some international news, um, you've probably already heard about the Barbarians players. 
and uh, that lead up to the, the English match last weekend that was cancelled. Um, but if not, just briefly, 13 players were found in a pub posting social media pictures uh, not following COVID guidelines. This, uh, they were susp- this suspended an England versus Barbarians match, which was supposed to be an England warm-up game to the Six Nations match. And uh, a lot of people were upset. Um, the Babas, you know, it's a great program. They pride themselves on touring rugby, camaraderie, drinking, just loving life. But uh, these 13 probably should feel shamed. And Eddie Jones really lashed out. Uh, English skipper said this uh, has reduced rugby to a laughing stock. And I'm going to read you a quote from his. And uh, it's, it's pretty good for Eddie. You know, whether you like Eddie or not, he makes some valid points. So this is Eddie Jones. We understand that rugby at the moment is a bit of a laughing stock. And we all love the game. We are lucky enough to play the game at the highest level, and we want to make sure we put the game back where it needs to be. We have a great game in rugby, and we don't like to see it portrayed as something that is not a serious sport, as it has been. So we understand both of those responsibilities, and it is a weight we carry, and it is a weight that we enjoy carrying. No one likes to see a game called off because of a breakdown in the protocols in society at the moment. That's what happened. It is not good for rugby, but we haven't got an opportunity to turn that around. It's been a difficult time for society. People have lost their jobs. People have lost family members. So we feel absolutely privileged to have the opportunity to play top-level rugby. And our responsibility is to put a smile on people's faces. And we would like to make people happy for a period of time that maybe takes away some of the pain of society at the moment. So, yeah, like I said, if you like Eddie Jones or not, that was a really valuable quote. Um, summing up what's going on in the world and how rugby can help make people happy. So thank you very much, Jones, for, for saying that. And, uh, I, I, you know, those Bob players, you love watching that game, but geez, like give your head a shake, boys. What are you doing? So that leads us uh, into the gray area this week. So I was thinking about doing one on the barbarians thing, but I thought, no, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's let that one push off. Um, we'll get, Two, one's tying up. So the Rugby Canada beer names that we kind of talked about on the Tyson Bookaboom pod, uh, it's, it's been going out on social media. It's in, at, as I record, it's in round two. Uh, we went from 20 beer names, we're down to 10, uh, and we're slowly whittling away. The winner of that is going to get a Canadian Rock Uh If it happens to be a beer name that I created, uh, it will go to the actual person. So if DTH wins, I'm going to mail DTH a Canadian Rock hat. If Hubert Biden wins, I'm going to mail Hubert Biden a Canadian Rock Toque. Um, but my hope, it'd be awesome. But my hope is that it's one of the viewers, uh, one of the listeners, one of their one of their uh, one of their names wins, and we'll be we'll be mailing them a toque. So that'll take us to the gray area for this week. And the gray area is going back to that uh, Scotland Wales game in the Allen Wynn Jones set to pass Richie McCaw. Um, both outstanding players. The longevity is amazing. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Richie McCaw fan. I've got his autograph photo right over my left shoulder. Um, but I also love Alan Wynn Jones. I love how he represents Wales. I love how he, he hold, carries himself on the pitch. Um, my question this week, and I'm going to put this out uh, next week for social media, but who would you take to build your team around? Keeping, you know, keeping in mind that this is something that take them both in their prime. They both played against each other. If they were in their prime right now, which one would you take to build your team around? And I know they play vastly different positions, flank and, and second row. They're both in that forward pack, but, and they both bring a lot of the same 
attributes to the game and they also bring a lot of different attributes to the game as well. Which one would you take? Would you take McCaw or would you take Jones to build around your team? And that's it for the gray area and that's it for, uh, for the intro. And coming up now, we have Gordon McCrory. <laughs> All right, so Gordon, welcome to the Canadian Ruck. Uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule over there training in Italy. Uh, it's about 11.30 Gordon's time, but he says he's a night owl. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited to have him on, old scrum half like myself. So this will be, be a lot of fun. So Gordon, yeah, welcome go. to the Canadian Ruck. Uh, cheers, thanks. <laughs> All right, so reading your bio and stuff, it looks to me like you were born in Hong Kong, you moved to the UK, you settled in Canada, you're over in Italy now. Talk to us a little bit about your journey growing up becoming involved in rugby, you know, high school, university, national team. What, what was that like for you moving all around and kind of getting your feet settled into the game? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was, uh, I was born in Hong Kong. Um, my father was a pilot for Cathay Pacific. So uh, both my sister and I were born, were born out there. And then um, we decided to move back uh, to Scotland uh, pretty much when the handover, um, when the, the Chinese took over Hong Kong. So, we often got out of there, <laughs> and then uh, so yeah, went went to Scotland. Um, yep, yeah, so grew up in Scotland. Uh, played rugby at school. Um, also played at the same time for a, a, a rugby club um, at, at called Creef. And then um, as I kind of uh, went went further in, I uh, I joined a, another club called Stirling County, which had a, a fairly notorious junior section. Um, so then I, you know, I kept playing with the school and played with Stirling County. Um, and then when I finished high school, I went to the University of Stirling, uh, just down the road. And then uh, I got an opportunity to come to Canada and play, play some rugby there. I was only going to really come out for a summer um, and then ended up being nine years. And then, uh, and then I finally just got the opportunity to come out and uh, as a player coach uh, for AS are Milano um, here in Milan in Italy. So what was the connection for you to be able to play for Canada? Uh, there wasn't really any connection at all. Um, okay. Back then the eligibility rules were that if you were in the country for three years legally um, that you were able to, to represent um, that country. So uh, yeah, so I, I arrived in May of 2011 so became eligible um, in 2014 May, and then uh, was was, uh, was given the opportunity to, to represent Canada. So what was your draw? Like, why did you come to Canada? Um, I, a very good friend of mine, um, he's still in Edmonton now, but uh, we went to university together and um, he got a, an opportunity to go and play in Edmonton and work. So uh, after my third year of university, I went out there to, to visit. I uh, did a, a three-week trip um, in, in July. Uh, so it was Perfect weather, nice dry um, fields for, for playing for rugby on. Yeah, and no, it was a great time. And then, uh, you know, I was just there on holiday. So, you know, the, the clubhouse was uh, my mainstay after after watching the game. So yeah. a few beers here and there. Um, and then we went down, went down to the Stampede at Calgary. Um, yeah, I just, I just had an absolute uh, fantastic time in those three weeks. Um, so I came home back to Scotland and... Basically, from the day I landed back in Scotland, I was itching to get back to Canada. Um, I was actually going to go back and play. So that, that club in Edmonton was the, the Strathcona Druids. Okay. Um, so I was, hope, I was hoping to play for them, um, but they did already organised a few um, imports already. Um, so they said, well, it's probably not worth your while because you've got too many imports. So I said, no, it's okay. And then 
eventually got the opportunity to um I gave uh, the Calgary Hornets a call, and uh, at the time, Graham Moffat was the head the head coach of the Calgary Hornets, and uh, he's uh, been a coach with uh, with Canada before. So, um, yeah, he said, "Come on over," and um, yeah, then it kind of went went from there. Really, sounds like a neat little journey, though, like kind of all over the place, and it just it, it fell into your lap where you get a chance to try out for Canada and, and made good on it. Like you played for uh, Canada the 2015 World Cup, the 2019 World Cup. Um, two different experiences. One, you know, you're, you're from the UK, from Scotland. Uh, so, you know, just a short train ride away to England. Talk yeah. to us about the experience of playing the World Cup there. You're so close to maybe some of your family. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a tough, tough question. It's hard to sort of put that experience into words. Um, yeah, I don't think it's really sunk in yet, to be honest, even <laughs> five years later. Um, you know, still, when I think about it, it's like, you know, Jesus, I can't believe I was involved in, in a tournament like that. You know, as a kid watching um, rugby every, you know, since I could stand and, you know, I tried to watch every Rugby World Cup. You know, I was a big, big Scotland supporter, so I'd, I'd always watch uh, watch the games um, with my dad. And then to eventually be um, involved in, in the tournament with, with, with Canada, um, as you said, in England, a bunch of family were there to, to watch my games and some some friends from Scotland came came down and yeah no, it was a very very surreal um very surreal experience but uh, yeah one I'll, I'll very much cherish what were you, what were your expectations like for the event for yourself like did you put any pressure on yourself where there were family there or was it just I'm going to go and do my best and play rugby and represent Canada the best I can yeah I think um yeah, well, it was still, it was almost surreal that I was even there um, representing Canada in the first place. Um, you know, I was, I was fairly still, I was still new to the squad, I suppose. Well, I mean, yeah, I've been playing for a year, but still fairly new. Um, so I, I definitely wanted to prove um, to myself that I, I, I deserve to be there as a player. And, um, you know, I wanted to make, you know, I didn't want to let my teammates down in, in any way, like like anybody would in a, in a team environment. So, um you know, I was there to to do a job. Um, it was an experience, but I, you know, that was you know one of the best rugby teams I've ever been involved in was that Canada 2015 World Cup squad. So um, we definitely had some big targets, um, and yeah, I think I think we we definitely showed some good rugby. And um, you know, I definitely wanted to make sure that uh, that um, I was putting my best foot forward for the team. That's awesome. Yeah, Canada's always seems to be there in a really tough pool there and 2019 was no different with uh new zealand and south africa and italy had a had a great uh, great game against us what were those two how did those two experiences differ for you yeah i think um the 2015 world cup being being the first one um there was definitely a lot of un unknowns um just you know stepping into that environment there was you know crazy crazy environment you're in england the home of rugby and um, every corner you, you in town, you, you walk around. There's there's people packed, and there's rugby jerseys everywhere. There's pubs are packed, and you know it was a it was a cool experience. Um, the 2019 World Cup, having been to a World Cup already, kind of had somewhat of an idea of uh, you know of what was required as a player, and um, but it was still a very different experience. Um, I think you know Japan being the first Asian country to host a a tournament um you know they were nothing but incredible hosts um and yeah just uh, um 
and then also the opportunity with New Zealand and South Africa in our pool. Um, and then also Italy, you know, a bit of revenge, but obviously that didn't go to plan. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great to see um, a lot of the boys who'd never been to World Cup experience it as well. So that was also nice to see. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's put, put those guys in good stead for, for the, the World Cups in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I like how you said opportunity there. Um, when people think of the All Blacks or the Springboks, it, it can be intimidating. I've I've had the Beast on before, and I've had Sam Kane on before, and talking mm-hmm. to those two and their rugby IQ, it just blew my mind. But you mentioned it was an opportunity where some others might cower. How do you look at that as an opportunity for yourself? Oh, well, I mean, it's the the two best teams in the world, I think, and you know. It's probably the only, well. It is the only chance that I'll ever have at playing a team like that ever again. So I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's it's your it's your one and all. Um, you know, why not test yourself against the best in the world? And you know, we got we had nothing to lose in those two games, and you know, we just have a have a good crack and um, see 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 how we end up against some of the best players in the world. And um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to lose really. Um, just go out there and and give your all and. Um, you know, I think as a as an an, an opportunity, if, if you look at it like that, then I think that's a pretty healthy way to to understand how you know how big this game is. But you know, you deserve to be there, and um, you know, why not test yourselves against against the best and no regrets? Absolutely, I love that. No regrets. And watching that, especially the South Africa game, the second half that you guys put on was was just dyna- dynamic. It was dynamite to watch that second half performance. Like you didn't roll over, and you you took it right to the spring box. And I mean, it was like a 14, seven second half score. It was a night and day game. So uh, learning some, learning some new tricks and showing those big guys on the world stage that, you know, Canada's not to be trifled with. So that was a very proud moment for Canadian fans for sure. Yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, that's the, the heart of the team, isn't it? I think we were, uh, we were down to 14 men. Um, we, you know, we obviously didn't have the best, best of starts and, um, yeah, to have the heart and the, the ticker to, you know, to accept that the first half is what it is. But, uh, you know, we've got another 40 minutes to, to put some pride back in the jersey and back into this team. And, you know, I commend all the boys that were involved in that game that day that, you know, that's exactly what they did. Perfect. So let's look at right now. 2020 has been disappointing for many. I mean, we talked about this before we started recording, you know, COVID's ravaged Italy and, and parts of Canada and elsewhere. Um, it's also been hard on professional athletes and national athletes like yourself. You're supposed to be playing with uh, AS Rugby Milano. You had a preseason game a couple of weeks ago. You're supposed to have your first game this weekend, but due to uh, some new uh, outbreaks almost, you're, you're not playing. What's that mentality like for you to stay ready, getting tested, and being the professional athlete and, and just trying to stay ready and prepared to play? Yeah, I think that... Um... It's a bit, it's a bit different here because we're still training, which I think is a, a bit of a, a blessing. Um, there's obviously loads of protocols that we have to go through before we even get onto the field. But to even be involved in trainings and getting to throw a ball around is, you know, is is something that um, you know is still exciting. Um, you know, I, I feel sorry for the guys who you know don't even get that opportunity to even train or chuck a ball around. So um, being in in this environment where uh, we we still get to train um, is 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 great. Um, it also means that we can put in some work and some 
some of our attacking phases or our defensive structures that, uh, you know, maybe hopefully when things do turn around in, in a couple of weeks, hopefully, fingers crossed, that uh, we can get the ground running. And um, I think the players are, are pretty keen, like, very disappointed not to be playing, but I think they're very keen to, to keep improving and uh, work on work on our, our, our ideas and go from there. Great. Why did you choose Rugby Milano? Like, why Italy? Um... Yeah, it's always been something that, uh, you know, ever since I, I got involved with uh, the Canada Rugby was to try and find something in a professional environment, a full-time environment. So uh, returning to Europe was, was, always, was always something that I, I wanted to do, um, whether it be France or Italy. You know, I think UK was, UK would have been nice, but, you know, having grown up there, you know, I wanted something, something new, a different challenge. And, um, the opportunity came up uh, with ASR Milano um, as a player coach and, you know, obviously wanted to be, be playing, uh, but I think the coaching side was what really, was what really, um, you know, it, it excited me and, uh, and my wife Janine, um, you know, she's, uh, she's a bit of a, an adventurer too, so she was very, she was very keen and very, I think, more, more pleased with the opportunity than I was, to be honest, but, um, yeah, so no, that's, uh, yeah, so as soon as that opportunity came up, uh, there was some, some tough conversations, some, some good conversations, and we decided that the pros outweighed the cons, and um, yeah, we should go for it. Uh, Italy is one of those countries I've always wanted to visit, but I, I'm definitely going to be waiting until the vaccine comes out, I think, so yeah, you know, no, just stay sure. safe over there for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, was, uh, yeah, I haven't really spent too much time outside of Milan or... Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the city is pretty incredible with the history and, you know, Obviously, like a place like Italy with the Roman times, you know, some of the some of the histories uh, is, is, is pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next one's a little weird. Um, I came across an article that had the many nicknames of Gordon McCrory. <laughs> I found Mouse, Pointy, McPointy Bodie, I think, Bruce, <laughs> Pointy Head, and G. <laughs> What I mean, everybody has a rugby nickname, but you've got like seven there. names? <laughs> I think. Um, and how most, do you know when to respond? <laughs> <laughs> well, the most uh, recent nickname would be Bruce, and that that's, that was my Canadian nickname. Um, Where'd that come from? Uh, it's it, yeah, it's basically my my drunk alter ego uh, is called Bruce. So. Um, what, it, it came around from uh, I, I introduced a drinking game to, to the players and called G'day Bruce and everyone's called everyone's called Bruce so I don't know if you've ever played or not but oh, I want you to explain that though we got we got to unleash this on the Canadian public unleash it yeah so um, yeah so basically you sit around in a circle and everybody's called Bruce so you would turn to your to your mate to your right and you'd say G'day Bruce and he'd say G'day Bruce back. And then I'd say, say good day to Bruce, Bruce. So then basically you go round and round and round. And um, I was fairly drunk at the time and trying to explain uh, good day, Bruce, while you're, while you're drunk uh, to, you know, to people that probably don't understand you, you know, your accent at, at the time. This was very early on. Early on so, um, yeah, so that went down as uh, a bit of a disaster for me. And then, yeah, so then Bruce, Bruce was born after that. That's fair. Which which one of those nicknames do you hate hearing the most? Uh, hate hearing. 
like if I walk, if I fly over to Italy next week, do my quarantine, and I meet you on the street and I say, "Hey, mouse, how's it going?" Um, uh, mouse walk mouse. away. <laughs> <laughs> well, mouse is my is, is my nickname back in Scotland. Okay. So that was my university nickname, and I don't know. I don't know if I hate hate any of them, but I like it. I'm basically used them. It's a. I suppose it's for a group of friends. Each each group of friends have has a different nickname for me and a different story. And that's kind of how all these nicknames came around. Well, that's that sounds fair. That sounds fair. All right, so Bruce, we're at the section now in our podcast where we do quick fire. And so I've got about 20 questions here. Half of them are, are rugby based and the other half are kind of about your personality. Um, they're not meant to think a whole lot. Um, so I, I, you know, just have fun with it and yep. uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. That's good. All right. First question. What's the best team you ever faced? Oh, the old blacks. I'd say that would be up there. Best player you ever faced. Best player. Um, it doesn't have to be an opposite, opposite number. It could be like anybody, but it's up to you. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think uh, in the 2015 World Cup, Johnny Sexton was was uh, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, actually probably in the 2019 World Cup, um, the Italian number seven, Jake Pelledri. Um, Beast. Yeah, single-handedly dominated us, I would say, at, at, at parts of the game. So, okay. um, yeah, those guys were pretty good. It might be the same answer for this. So the toughest player you ever faced. And when I ask that, it's the guy where it's a one-on-one, one-v-one. You look up, he has the ball, and you're praying that he trips and falls before he gets to you. Yeah, uh, probably uh, Joshua Tuasova, the, the Fijian winger. I've heard, um, I've heard that name quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, uh, luckily I never had, had, to, had to face him one-on-one in a five-meter channel, but... <laughs> yeah, I'd uh, yeah, I dread what that would be like. What's uh, what's the best match you were ever a part of? Best match ever a part of. Um, it doesn't have to be international. Some guys go back to their college days, but it, it's yeah, the one that stands out. Yeah, the, I think the, the one that stands out. I just just thought about it now was probably when uh, with the Prairie Wolfpack when we went to Ontario. In 2014, I think it was in Peterborough, and we beat them um, in Peterborough. Because yeah, I think they'd won the well, they won the championship again that year. But they'd, uh, I think they were um, had won four times, and they absolutely destroyed us in Calgary um, a couple of weeks before. So uh, yeah, we, we did well to, to beat them, and it was just a it was just a great game. We we bullied them pretty well, and I think uh, Ray Barkle's head was like a it was like a pin board so you know when when he's coming out of a rock like that you know it's a, it's a hard tough game so uh, yeah I'd say that game all right what's your favorite rugby tradition favorite rugby tradition uh the song after your first cap's pretty cool what was yours what was mine uh i sang uh, lola by the kinks oh you got to give us a little a uh, little taste of that <laughs> Patty Patty Parfrey saying the Teenage Mutant Ninja uh, uh, Jeez, I can't even say their name. The, the, the Turtle Teenage song. Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. It's he loves, that. Right. he right. loves that song. Give, give, us a, give us a couple of lines. Uh, oh, I, I, I can't remember. The, I think it's just Her name uh, is Lola. Lola, 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 Lola. What's another lyric? 
<laughs> she walked up to me and she asked me to dance. I asked her name and then I thought, oh, I can't remember. Yeah. That's not, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's all right. All right. <laughs> who's the, uh, who's the best team you ever played with? Best team I've played with? Um, yeah, I think probably the 2015 Canada squad. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think the the potential that that squad had was, um, yeah, was was pretty high. And unfortunately, we never really got to that level. But um, I think in that World Cup, we showed that, you know, we probably should have beaten Italy, um, ran France close, and yeah, definitely should have beat Romania. But that's another story. But. Yeah. Uh, who's the player you love to smash? Player that I'd love to smash. Uh, I'd love to smash any player if I could. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty small, so I've never, I don't have ever smashed a player in my life. Um, well, that's all right. There's, yeah. there's a lot of us out there that really haven't smashed anybody bad. So. <laughs> any rugby superstitions? Uh, no, not really, to be honest. Um, no, I've, I've I've thought about doing some sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for, like um, structure into my into my day before of the game, or but yeah, and I'd never really materialise it. It's like to just go with the flow and chill, and obviously when you get you know when you get onto the field and sing the anthem, you're in the zone. But um, yeah, just go with the flow. I think. That's fair. Did you watch the uh, the documentary The Last Dance with Michael Jordan? Uh, yeah, I did, yeah. Who for you would be your Jordan, your Pippin, and your Rodman that you've played with? Um, well, I, I don't know. When I, th- when I think of Dennis Rodman, the word weirdo pops into my head, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Evan Olmsted won't, won't mind me saying this because he doesn't think much of my opinion anyway, but I'd say Evan Olmsted would be... Dennis Rodman. Okay. <laughs> uh, Pippin, I think he's he's a bit of a, a workhorse, isn't he? So I think uh, Nick Blevins would be my Scotty Pippin, just just because I've first hand seen the amount of work that that guy puts in, and um, and then on on the field the, the stuff he does, you know, the the grit and the the tough work that that he does off the ball is uh, yeah is pretty good. So I'd say Scotty Pippin. Um, Michael Jordan. I don't know. Taylor Taylor Paris pops in my head for some reason. I don't know why, but Taylor Paris. <laughs> Taylor Paris. All right, Bruce. What's your most used app? Uh, most used app. Yeah. Uh yeah. Probably. Unfortunately, probably Facebook. Oh yeah. Well, that was where you were going to say TikTok. There. That's all right. Nah, I've managed to keep away from TikTok. But... Good. What's your go-to food? Go to foods, uh, probably pasta to be honest. So, pasta, yeah. All right, chips or cookies? Uh, cookies, what kind? Uh, chocolate chip, probably. Chocolate chip, good one. French fries or onion rings? Oh, uh, onion rings. All right, what's your favorite beer? Favorite beer, uh, probably one from. Scotland that I probably uh, lived on in my university days was Belhaven Best. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a easiest way to describe it would be like a light Guinness, I suppose, like nice smooth 
Yeah. <laughs> I like Guinness. I don't know. I'm a Guinness fan. I'm not sure about a lot. Oh, yeah, Guinness. Yeah. 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 yeah it's right. not quite as strong, but it goes down. goes down too easy. <laughs> Imagine it does. All right. So that, that probably answers my next question. Canadian beer or European beer? Uh, Remember, this is the Canadian rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like... Um, uh, shit, what's it called? It's a, a, a red beer. I've forgotten the name of it now. Uh, not, not Moosehead. Molson Canadian? No, nah, no, nah, there's like a. Oh, God, I've forgotten. I've forgotten already. I've only been out of the country for a month. <laughs> Something from Canada that you like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's red. It's red. It's, it's, fizzy. it's fizzy and it's, it tastes nice. <laughs> Comes in pints. All right. What's your uh, What's a guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. Uh, probably my PlayStation. All right. What are you playing? Uh, I just like uh, FIFA. FIFA. Okay. What's the best place for a post-match beer? Best place for a post-match beer probably be in the change rooms, I would say. After a good win, uh, a couple of beers in the change room with the, the, with the boys. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's the best place, I'd say. It's a great spot. What series are you binge-watching right now? Uh, binge-watching? Um, I just finished uh, Ratchet on Netflix. What's that one? It's, uh, it was a bit of a weird one. Um, it's basically... Um, well, I, I enjoyed One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, so it's about uh, Nurse Ratchet before her life before. Okay. Um, so it's a bit it's a bit depressing and <laughs> about mental health and psychiatric wards, but um, maybe not something to watch during lockdowns and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had to do two weeks of quarantine, so okay. Um, yeah, got you through. Yeah, it got me through that. So. All right. What's your favorite movie? Uh, third movie would be Shawshank Redemption yeah that's a popular pick alright yeah. three quick fires left who would play you in the Netflix movie of your life who would play me uh, I don't know if there's too many middle aged balding blokes around is there um, I'd say uh, <laughs> well, balding I'd probably just say Shane O'Leary then <laughs> you play right. me who would play the leading lady the leading lady. Um, there's a, an actress that actually looks a lot like my wife, Janine. Um, she's in the movie Bridesmaid. She's the, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but probably her, the main okay. actress. Which one, which one does she play in the movie? Uh, she, uh, she plays the main, the main one. The funny um, one? The funny one, yeah. Okay. I forget her name, but. Yeah, I can't remember. I know who you mean. She was on, yeah, she's on SNL. Yeah. For a while and all that stuff, yeah. What would the movie be called? What would the movie be called? Uh, uh, Probably something to do with one of your many nicknames, but yeah, I was going to say Mouse Pointy and Janine, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bruce, Bruce, Mousy and Pointy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, thanks for those. We got just got a few questions left, and then and then we're gonna we'll sign off there. Yeah, Gordon, who had the biggest impact on you as a player? Uh, as a player, uh, I'll probably be uh, my parents, my mum and dad. I think uh, when I was a kid, I was basically involved in rugby. I think it was more or less six days or six evenings a week um, with the school and with, with the club. And, um, you know, the time that they, they gave to, to drive me around to all those practices would 
you know, definitely um, um, helped helped me to, to where I am as a player uh, today, I, I suppose. Um, and then I think also my wife Janine, she's she's been really supportive, and and our family too, like uh, coming out to both World Cups and uh, giving me, um, you know, telling me that I should I should go out and do do these um, do these things that um, that means I'm away from home for a while. So uh, yeah, those yeah, just just yeah, family really, just giving those opportunities and backing me and you know. It's a great answer, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. Making sure that, yeah, making sure that I'm happy doing what I what I want to do, and I've got that support, so that definitely helps. Perfect. What are your thoughts on what makes a great team player? Uh, yeah, I think um, just a, a selfless attitude. Someone who who supports um, supports the rest of the teammates. Um, I think someone who's um, you know, I think we've we've all we've all been dropped and we've all we've all been had our starts, but I think um, showing the character that when you're not included in, in in the team is to is to is to get over it and then um, do do the next job, which is to support the person that's in in that position that you want to be in. So that's definitely something that I've I've struggled with before, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's it's about making sure the person who is in, in, in that spot the year after, um, you know, your, your, your team at the end of the day, that, that, that they have the best opportunity to perform. That's, and, yeah. that's awesome. That's, that is hard to do. Any, does anybody stick out uh, that embodies that for you that you've played with? Um, yeah, there's a lot of, well, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of guys that have, have been like that, to be honest. Um, it's very rare. I think that we've come across that I've come across anybody who'd, it was the opposite of that, so um, yeah. Almost a rugby uh, trade, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, you know it's a, a team sport. I think if you don't have that trait, then you don't really make it too far in, in team sports. So um, yeah, yeah. Gordon, as a rugby player, what do you want to be? What do you want to be remembered for? So it's you know you love that 2015 World Cup experience. It's now 2020. Saying another. 15 years it's 2035 you guys are having a gathering together what do you want your ex-teammates to be saying about you what do you think they're going to say about you <laughs> uh, yeah just a, a good a good a good bloke a good person someone uh some of that maybe after 10 years you, you know you walk into a room and you know it's it's it, it's what it was like when you know 10 10 years ago you got you know you just get on like it was yesterday kind of thing and um, yeah, so somebody who's um, easy to get along with and um, you know enjoyed enjoyed each other's company. I think that's fair. All right, You're early thirties now. You have some good years of rugby ahead of you left there in Milano. What do you see yourself doing when you finally hang up the boots? I know you maybe have not even thought about it too much, but do you have a do you have a career path in mind? Coaching? Yeah, it's. Um... It's been an interesting, interesting year to be honest. Because uh, after the 2019 World Cup, I was more or less, I mean, yeah, I was toing and froing about the whole playing, playing again. But um, I got an opportunity to coach the Strathcona Druids. Um, so we did a you know, three or four sessions, and then co uh, the COVID hit. But um, so that that kind of went down the drain. But um, I was working. Um, as a um, in, in payroll and in a HR environment at a, a company in Edmonton uh, since 2018, and 
they were uh, good enough to give me the time off to, to go and um, do the repechage and, and then they gave me a whole bunch of months off to, to prepare for the World Cup. And <laughs> so I was working for them. Um, yeah, and then that really kind of um, got me thinking about what, what I really want to do. Um, yeah, especially when the, the coaching opportunity um, was, was uh, squashed with COVID. So that, yeah, that definitely got me thinking that I wanted to stay in rugby. Um, I'm a fairly competitive person, and it wasn't something that I was I was getting in in the in my day in my daily job nine to five job. Um, so really, when the the Italy opportunity came up, and it was it was about playing and about transitioning into a coaching, um, you know, it was a a coaching opportunity. Um, you know, it was really a no brainer, really, and. Um, you know, full credit to my wife. She said, "You know, if you don't take this, you'll regret this for the rest of your life." So, Good for her. Um, so I think, yeah. Uh, so when I hang up the boots, I'd like to think I'd still be involved in in the game. You know, I've been involved in rugby for a, lo- a long time now. You know, a, a huge majority of my life, like most like most rugby players, I suppose. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to continue, um, yeah, coaching and um, help helping others and um, yeah. Be. I think that's what I want to do anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> no, that's good. That's a good pathway for sure. Lastly, Gordon, any great rugby stories you can share with us? I always ask. Feel free to throw the uh, any you know any of your ex teammates under the bus, but uh, it's entirely <laughs> up to you. Uh, uh, the one the one story that popped in my head. Um, unfortunately, it's about me, but um, hopefully, no one's too worried about my voice yet. But um, it was at the twenty fifteen World Cup. We were playing Ireland in the Millennium Stadium, um, and I was warming up, and I was doing a, sort of a, a goal kicking drill, where you, you put the ball on the try line and you, you try and hit the post uh, from about thirty meters out or so. And so it was about I don't know maybe the stadium was half full, so there was still you know a, a good amount of people in there. So I was just doing my own thing, um, kicked maybe three or four, and didn't hit the post and. On the fifth kick, I hit the post, and this massive crowd cheer eruption of noise happened, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit! This is pretty cool!" Like I've managed to, you know, people are actually, yeah, people are actually watching me hit this, uh, you know, hit this ball against the post, and then, <laughs> then I realised I looked to my left, and Paul O'Connell and Johnny Sexton had just run onto the field, and all the Irish boys, all the Irish in the crowd were going ballistic, and no, no, they were cheering for you. It was yeah. all you. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I looked up in the crowd, and yeah, literally not one person was looking at me. So I thought, okay, I'm back in my place now. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. I'm very humble of you too. That's awesome. <laughs> right, Gordon. Thanks very much for uh, for spending some time with us tonight, and uh, we wish you a lot. Of, you know, to be safe during COVID over there in Italy, and uh, we hope to that, that you get back on the pitch here soon, and you guys are back playing and in full contact and everything. So thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Appreciate it. You know, thanks, Jamie. I appreciate appreciate the well wishes, and uh, you stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe, Christ, over there too. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, bud. All right, thanks very much, Gordon. That was awesome. Great time chatting with you. I love all the nicknames, and we did we did figure it out. Gordon emailed me afterwards, and we chatted. And the, the beer he was thinking of was Rickard's Red. Very good beer. Uh, very memorable. So uh, good on you for remembering that. Uh, 
just want to wish you the best of luck, man. I know it's going to be tough over in Italy, Italy living over there in the lockdown. And, you know, you were supposed to play this weekend. It's not happening, but uh, keep your chin up and uh, better, brighter days are on the way. Coming up next, we got a few. We got Mackenzie Thomas coming up next. She's playing in the top pro league over in Europe. Uh, after that, we have Katie Sadler. Katie, Katie is the uh, general manager of women's rugby at World Rugby. So, uh, she was a really interesting conversation. And then after that, we have Harry Jones uh, uh, from the men's sevens national team. So uh, we got three pretty good pods coming up. And then after that is Jonathan Kaplan. Jonathan's just going to be an audio. Uh, Jonathan, uh, when he retired, was the most capped official. I uh, had some good stories and a really good conversation with Jonathan a couple of nights ago. So we've got four scheduled that are, are ready to go and we've got a lot more on tap. As always, thanks. Uh, thank you all to the listeners uh, and keep spreading the good word and be word. We've got some great guests and, it, and it's awesome when uh, these great stories can be shared out. So make sure that you're doing your part and uh, passing these stories around so everybody can hear them. As always, got to say thanks to Ben Sal Music for supplying us with their tunes. Uh, and as always, feel free to request topics for future podcasts. I've, uh, one thing I, I reached out a few days ago to uh, Canada's wheelchair rugby uh, team and uh, the national team, and it uh, looks like we're going to try and get something set up to be chatting with some of those folks, so that'll be fun as well. So, as always, this is Jamie, and until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane, and most importantly, you know it, keep on rocking.